Hey, 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 what's up, everyone? Welcome to Speak Now Pro Wrestling. We are here to chat about week one of NXT Gold Rush, the June 20th edition of NXT. And they kind of gave us a lot to talk about on today's show. I was already expecting quite a bit, considering that they were very much going all in with Gold Rush with having Seth Rollins versus Braun Breaker. But on top of that, we had a lot of other additional items that went down here on the show show can't wait to talk about today's episode of nxt but before we get into all of it just a friendly reminder to everybody that's here tomorrow i will be back here with reg to talk about aew dynamite Friday, if all goes well, and the super, super expensive Wi-Fi hotspot thing that I bought, if it works in Toronto, I will definitely be here on Friday to talk about SmackDown because that's literally my most popular show of the week this week now is SmackDown because of everything that's been going on with the bloodline. People want to talk about that show. So hopefully my hotspot works and I'm able to be here on Friday. And so it's been been a very busy week here on the channel. I've been doing all my normal post shows. I did a collision watch along, which was so much fun. I've had multiple interviews go up, one that just included one with the Impact World Champion Alex Shelley, which is pretty funny because like the week of prior to that, I had Steve Macklin, who was the Impact World Champion on. And then the next week I have the new Impact World Champion on. So there's just a whole lot happening. Also, if you guys want to help support this podcast, show this podcast some love help me stay funded period and you're more than welcome to send in a super chat at any point throughout the show you do get your questions your comments your hot take hot takes your cold takes uh right here on the show if you do and let's get to it uh first of all i want to give some shout outs to those of you who are some uh, youtube members a uh, shout out to patrick scrogans who is in the house uh steven tiger claw gaming we have don aka smiley girl uh so many of you in here right now so let's get right to it. I'm going to kick things off with the meatiest thing of the night. And that my friends is Seth Rollins versus Braun Breaker. So let's get to it. So this was the match that we had really nobody really saw this match coming in the last you know, couple of weeks when Braun Breaker made the surprise challenge to Seth Rollins, everybody was thinking like, holy shit, what's going on here. So they really are not just trying to make sure to establish the world heavyweight championship as a workhorse title but also really doing a whole lot more with nxt programming by that i mean i feel like the last couple of weeks of nxt have really gotten extraordinarily good to the point where i'm like even the things that are not so great i'm like it's fine i'll you know wait to see how that progresses but i've really been enjoying nxt a whole lot and a lot of it has to do with what they've been doing recently with braun breaker even the baron corbin carmelo hayes stuff little things like that are adding a whole lot to the show so I've been like really into it right now. We got our first super chat of the day from Christopher Smith, who says Cora Jade is a heel, yet she was freaking over and had the crowd chanting tap out towards Dana and cheered when Cora was attacking her leg. So I'm going to have some thoughts on that finish to the match once we get to it. But Cora Jade is amongst one of those girls on NXT that I think is really uh, she's over in a different way that Tiffany Stratton is and over in a different way than Thea Hale is, but she is still very, very popular. And I think people, I think people really like Cora Jade and I don't blame them. 
John Deller sends in a super chat saying, so Denise, your girl Thea put an arm bar on Tiffy. Uh, she definitely did. We'll talk about that in just a second. Thank you so much to John Deller uh, for getting in the super chat. So let's talk about the Seth Rollins Braun Breaker match. This was one that I was really looking forward to, mainly because I felt that this was going to be a real look inside what Braun Breaker looks like mixing it in with main roster talent. A lot of people have been waiting, have been anticipating to see when Braun Breaker was going to be called up to the main roster. And that didn't end up happening in the draft. But then look, here we are. Here he is main eventing NXT challenging for the World Heavyweight Championship against Seth Rollins. So I thought that they did a lot of real good stuff in this match to really just get, again, Seth Rollins over as this workhorse champion really solidify that because they want him to be kind of polar opposite of what Roman Reigns is because even Seth Rollins mentioned it in a interview saying that he wanted to be you know, different from what you were seeing with Roman Reigns as champion, right? So they established that. And then with Braun Breaker, I think they really just had him go out there and dude got the rub. Dude got the rub from Seth Rollins today with just everything that they did. And they gave him a lot as well. Let's talk about what went down. So Seth Rollins comes out and it's so crazy to see him coming out onto the NXT stage. And it's, you have everybody singing, doing the, well, I can't do it. Whatever. Everybody's singing the song and it feels so different from when it happens on Raw because clearly it's a bigger bigger venue that we're at and with NXT it's a smaller more confined space and so therefore I feel like the sound just like really really traps in there very well so it sounded really nice and seeing them just stand there kind of soaking it all in I loved all of the different camera angles that they played with on NXT to kind of capture Seth Rollins soaking in the moment that was pretty cool but the match itself I thought they did a lot here so first of all keep in mind that on Monday Night Raw Seth Rollins was attacked by Finn Balor and he couldn't do his open challenge and so he went in there with taped ribs and so that kind of played into a whole lot he was not 100% in this match yet he still went out there and did his thing he got Braun Breaker at one point with like numerous dives I think it was three dives back to back that he got Braun Breaker with I even thought that Braun was going to catch him on the third one and maybe do something but no Seth got them all three then there was a moment where Seth did a frog splash off the top rope to Braun Breaker who's on the commentary table and so that was really fun to see Braun hitting his Frankensteiner and then afterwards power slamming Seth going for the pin and it being a near fall I really loved how that made Braun Breaker look even though he didn't end up getting the win there I still thought like him just hitting the Frankensteiner on Seth Rollins was very very appealing now the moment that I thought kind of gave Braun Breaker a bunch of brownie points in this match was legitimately when Seth Rollins hit the pedigree and Braun Breaker kicks out of that pedigree. I kind of felt like they gave him a whole lot with that. Just that one spot of him kicking out in the pedigree. I was a big fan of that. Eventually, we, we see Seth Rollins hit the stomp gets the win and this was a pretty exciting match again they gave a lot to Braun Breaker here and I think that that was exactly what we kind of wanted to see because we knew that Braun Breaker wasn't going to be winning the World Heavyweight Championship we knew that wasn't going to happen right but you don't want to make him look weak when he's this guy who's you know he's 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 this new 
force on NXT, right? We're seeing this whole new side of Braun Breaker, and I don't think you want to make him look weak by calling out the champ and then losing to him, right? So I thought that the way that they did this match made Braun Breaker look like a bigger threat, even though he came out losing the match. It was a win within a loss. And so afterwards, this is what I really loved, even more so after this, because clearly we're heading into uh, we're heading into Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor, right? So during this, Seth Rollins wins, right? He wins. He's having this moment. He's walking towards the back, and we even get the little graphic in the corner that every time we see that the show's over, right? That's when we know it's done. Finito show's over. It pops up on the screen, and I'm thinking like, okay, cool, whatever. The show's over, and this is where I thought, why did I think that something was going to happen? Because I remember when it, the little graphic showed up and the show was over. I looked up at the clock and it was 7.07. Now, NXT for me or usually ends like at 10 minutes. 7.10 is usually when NXT is over. And I looked up at the clock and I'm like, hmm, they didn't really go over as much as they usually do for NXT. But I was like, oh, whatever. I didn't think anything of it. And then afterwards, Finn Balor out of nowhere comes from behind and attacks Seth freaking Rollins and I love that they did this because that's a really good continuation from what we've been seeing on Monday Night Raw why wouldn't Finn Balor come out and attack Seth Rollins the man is already not at 100% the man just went through a, a pretty nice battle with Braun Breaker a big beefy guy and so he comes in and then attacks him from behind so this was exciting to see the way that they continued this feud with Finn and Seth and I also just liked how it looked to see Finn like come out here and unexpectedly have him on NXT too. So I felt like this was a really big win for NXT here tonight. I love this. This was a lot of fun and um, this worked out guys. Uh, let's see. What did you guys think of the match itself? Let's get some thoughts in here. This one is from Tim Weinerger Jr. who sends in a super chat saying, Hey, Denise, that was Braun's best match I have seen. If this is how well he can do with better competition, then he should be called up. He can do very well with better competition. I really do think that. And I, you know, we've seen that. We've seen shades of really great matches that Braun Breaker has had on NXT. And really, I honestly think the thing that really just impacted Braun Braun Breaker was that the run that he had kind of got just a little bit stale as NXT champion. And I think a big, big reason had to do with the competition that he had. Aside from Carmelo Hayes, everything else, like the people weren't really buying it. I remember talking about this so many times, like how many people were legitimately interested in Joe Gacy versus Braun Breaker. And now I'm a fan of Gacy. I like what he does. But in this particular scenario, like people didn't really care nor were really interested in the actual story. And there were more examples of that with Braun Breaker as NXT champion. So I do think that having some challengers in there that people weren't really digging, like even for example, Apollo Crews is another one. We like Apollo Crews. Apollo Crews goes in there and has good matches, right? His match with Braun Breaker was not bad at all. It was actually very good. 
but nobody bought that Apollo Crews was going to defeat Braun Breaker. And then the buildup to that was kind of weird. So I feel like part of what took away from Braun Breaker as champion was a lot of the big feuds that he was in didn't necessarily feel so big. But when he's in there with guys like clearly like Seth Rollins, I mean, it's going to be an entirely different scenario, but we can, and the match that I always, always go back to, and if you've heard my NXT reviews, you know which match I'm going to say, you're already predicting it. The match that I knew Braun Breaker was going to do good when given an opportunity, when going in there with good competitors, was that triple threat match with JD McDonough and Ilya Dragunov. That was the match that I knew Braun Breaker was going to be something good whenever he was in the ring with somebody that, you know, can definitely go. And so I always go back to that one because that was the match that was like, okay, I've got hope here. This is, I'm digging this, right? So uh, Tim Leininger, thank you so much for the super chat. I appreciate it. Sheldon Jackson with a very generous super chat saying, the main event result was what I thought it would be. I like Triple H and Sean working together to have main roster talent come down to NXT, brings attention to NXT. Also, where can I find Dr. Prius LMFAO? Oh man, Sheldon. Uh <laughs> I don't even want to talk about it. Uh, so let's just say that I've worked a lot of jobs in my day. I should, I could probably do a whole podcast one day on jobs that I have had. And I think a lot of you would be very, very surprised. Uh, but that was a very fun experience. Either way. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. I was thinking the same thing, Sheldon, in terms of clearly we know the history and relationship and friendship and just overall everything that has to do with Triple H and Shawn Michaels. And so Triple H is clearly busy running Raw and SmackDown and doing a million other things and responsibilities that he has to do. And Shawn is very focused on NXT. And whenever he does get main roster talent, you can tell that Shawn and his NXT team that helps him out really do try to make the best out of, hey, we got these guys, let's really go for it. For example, the New Day. The New Day, when they had the New Day, they really went for it and did as much as they could when they were there. So whenever they do have those main roster main roster talents on there, it does pretty much work out for the most part. Uh, and I'm excluding the Dolph Ziggler, uh, excuse me. Um, yeah, the Dolph Ziggler stuff, I'm excluding that from this conversation. But either way, Triple H and Sean, whatever it is that they worked in together to make this happen, Loved it. Want to see more of that. Uh, Sheldon, thank you so much for that super chat. I really appreciate it a whole lot. And we got another one here from Christopher, Christopher Smith, who says, Braun Breaker is so natural as a heel. When he wrestles as a heel, he really showcases his explosiveness and his spear feels like they owe him money. Uh, yes, I agree with this. And I, like I said, a lot of people towards the tail end of Braun Breaker's NXT Championship run were already getting bored of Braun Breaker. And that was very, very unfortunate. And so having him be a heel was definitely the better call here especially because the key word that you mentioned here christopher in the super chat is explosiveness when Broadbreaker goes in there and he runs the ropes when he hits that frankensteiner when he does a power slam whenever he does this big meaty 
powerhouse moves, you really do get that explosiveness. And so with him being a heel and then him going in there and having that type of match, I think it kind of makes it for this really cool juxtaposition. So I really, really uh, do much prefer Braun Breaker as a heel. Uh, Heidi Ho sends in a super chat saying, I'm actually curious to see the viewership numbers for tonight. I wonder how many extra viewers Seth brought it. I would hope that it's a good amount because it would be weird if it wasn't. Like this is Seth Rollins, your world's heavyweight champion. We definitely better be seeing a nice little increase in numbers for sure. Uh, Heidi Ho, thank you so much for this generous, generous, super chat all right so uh let's see what we got here and let's press on from this and i do want to read this one from justin who says the finn balor angle wanting to ruin rollins's career like he believes rollins ruined his seven years ago is great tv i'm loving it every step of the way and this was something that i was talking about on raw's post show last night with sean was that finn balor I feel like for a good amount of time, they dropped the ball on Finn, where we weren't getting the Finn Balor that we knew and that we loved. They killed the demon in, uh, we, I don't even want to talk about that Roman Reigns match and the way that they ended that and how they had the demon literally look like a dweeb instead. So yeah, no thanks. Don't want to remember that. But then my whole issue was they were making him look so dorky, so goofy. And I'm like, guys, this is Finn Balor. Like, this man should be out there having like top matches every every single week he should be always in the main title picture and should be taken seriously not like a goof and so thankfully now and it's been hard because i haven't been able to buy all of his promos and that was something that i talked about last night was that sometimes finn's promos don't always necessarily hit for me and i think the reason for that was because they spent so much time giving him all these like really goofy lines where i'm like i just want to see finn be finn i don't want to see finn be all dorky and cheesy and stuff so i love the violence aspect of Finn Balor right now. I love when last night he was staring down at Seth Rollins, basically saying the whole thing about, you know, him ruining it and the last seven years and all of that has been good. The promos, I'm not there yet, but everything else I am there for. And I am looking forward to that match. So I am happy that we're getting closer and closer to the Finn Balor that we want to see and uh of course as you guys know because someone's asking here uh seth rollins won this match all right uh let's see what else we got here this is from a youtube member patrick scrogan who says never been the biggest braun fan but props to him for this match with seth and i don't blame you i think that i think the more and more you guys we get to see stuff like this from braun then i think it'll maybe turn some people that were on the fence as to whether or not they were fans of Braun Breaker. All right, and so let's go ahead and uh, let's get into some other stuff. I want to talk about the Carmelo Hayes Baron Corbin face-to-face -face next because <laughs> here's the thing. For those of you who have been missing what's been going on with all of this, Baron Corbin, I know people are not big fans of Baron Corbin. Shit, it depends on what he's doing and what's going on with Baron, whether or not I call myself a fan of his, right? It depends on the week and what they have the man going out there to do. And so 
I think it was last week or the week before. I'm forgetting right now. But Baron Corbin got a pretty damn good promo. And I remember like sitting there and going like, damn, we're really getting this right now from Baron Corbin. Like, I don't hate this promo whatsoever. And so things have kind of been going pretty okay the last couple of weeks for Baron Corbin on NXT. Like, I haven't hated it at all. So we end up getting this confrontation with him and Carmelo Hayes. And I kind of like what they did here so what they did here was basically baron corbin does not like the younger talent he doesn't like the new generation he seems to be a little he seems to be a little bit on the bitter end of things or he tends to brag about all of his accomplishments and how he's so great and he doesn't like all of these new guys coming in and how they're not respectful and basically buried the young guys right like that's his thing that's what he's doing and carmelo hayes well, he's one of the young guys. He is one of the young up and comers. He's your NXT champion. And so they've been feuding now for a couple of weeks. So we are going to get Carmelo Hayes versus Baron Corbin next week on NXT Gold Rush week two. So what we had here in this back and forth promo, we had uh, Carmelo Hayes basically telling Baron like, hey, I know you think it's going to be easy. I know you think you're going to defeat me and you're going to become happy Corbin by defeating me. And Corbin then goes on and says, you know what? All of you guys here on NXT, you guys just only do these surface level insults that don't even land. And you can only dream of having a career, an eight year career on the main roster like me. He says, let's compare bank accounts let's compare moments let's compare wrestlemania moments you pick the category and you're going to take an l every time this is what corbin told hayes so then i'm thinking like okay how is hayes gonna come back from this because baron corbin is clearly making some points here with all of his success that he's had on the main roster but then carmelo hayes gets him with what i thought was the line of the night carmelo hayes goes you want to talk numbers when i was 26 years old i was winning the nxt breakout tournament when you were 26 years old you were getting cut by the arizona cardinals and i'm thinking oh shit he really went there uh so this was really good i didn't really feel like baron corbin won this one i thought carmelo hayes won that one with just this line alone because baron corbin was just like you're a nobody you're insignificant and so he then brags about how after he defeats Carmelo Hayes, he's going to go on and go in his Porsche. And he's going to go with his hot wife who's going to serve him wine that Carmelo Hayes could never afford. So I really liked this back and forth. I thought they did a really good job with this. And I think they're doing a good job of utilizing Baron Corbin in this. Like Carmelo Hayes, Carme like Baron Corbin losing to Carmelo Hayes is not to me an issue whatsoever he can definitely lose to carmelo hayes this ain't like seth rollins going in there and then losing to carmelo hayes no polar opposite polar opposite so i'm liking what they did here heidi ho sends in a super chat saying broke broke corbin was my favorite things and ever in wrestling it was like the one time or one of the few times that people legitimately got behind baron corbin uh he was like relatable Christopher Smith sends in a super chat saying, what is funny to me 10 years in June 2013, Finn formed Bullet Club and swept uh, BSS 
Jay, now he's out. Okay. Now he's acting like that again and being his aggressive self. I love, I just want to see a serious. I just want to see a serious Finn Balor that we can take seriously and get behind of so that when we get the demon again, it feels like a big deal. Uh, Christopher Smith, thank you so much for the super chat. Now, so that was the whole situation with Carmelo Hayes and Baron Corbin. The next topic that I want to get into is let's talk about, I'm actually, you know, it's funny. I just realized I'm going backwards on this show, but it's fine. We usually go the other way. Screw it. We're going the opposite way. The next thing we want to talk about is a little bit sad, actually. Very, very sad. And I was not expecting this whatsoever. I had no idea that Von Wagner had a really, really, really heartbreaking story that I, okay, so if you didn't watch on if you didn't watch the broadcast today, I urge you all to go to NXT's Twitter page and watch this video. But keep in mind, it is very sad. So uh, just a little warning with that one there. So Robert Stone and Von Wagner are sitting in bleachers and they are having like this serious conversation where Von seems like he wants to open up to Robert Stone and he does. And here's the thing. The Robert Stone Von Wagner stuff for the most part has been, you know, the, the theme of it all has been, it's supposed to be silly. It's supposed to be funny, right? And a lot of it really hasn't been working, but the last couple of the last week when they did the therapy thing, that was kind of funny. We got some personality shown out of Von Wagner, which was nice to see, but so far for the most part, it's been a real big miss for Von Wagner. So now they have kind of switched gears here and adding a different element to Vaughn to show what he went through. And I think to, you know, connect with viewers in a different way. So this here was very, very sad. So they basically the whole situation is they showed this montage as Von Wagner's telling his story that when he was 15 months old, he had a 14-hour surgery. So the issue was that he had like basically a disease where instead of his head basically growing the way that any child's brain should develop, his was not developing the right way. Instead, I guess um, his uh, skull was fused together. And so that was you know clearly an issue. And so they had to cut him and do the surgery and so he had a cut from like ear to ear and it's just this big thing here and they had to like cut his face down and fix his skull and literally do all of these things rearrange things to save this child's life and he's talking about being in intensive care for a week and how his dad still had to go and go to work and try to do everything possible to pay the bills and his mom was there clearly by his side the whole entire time and throughout this they're showing all the pictures of him as a baby in the hospital and with the really horrible horrible uh cut uh, sorry stitches and it's just really sad and then he goes on to talk about how he was bullied in school. People made fun of his face, called him a monster, and uh, you know talked about parents staring at him and telling their kids not to stare at him. And so this was something that I don't think people knew about Von Wagner.
Wagner because from what I saw, everybody was surprised and I had never heard the story before. So it's, and we see a lot of this on NXT where they incorporate a lot of people's real life situations into the storylines. And we saw that happen with Gigi Dolan and now we're seeing it here with Von Wagner. So uh, it's one of those things where this may be something that I think... I don't know. It's so hard to explain because I don't want to say that you need a sad story or you need something to connect with an audience. But at the same time, it it worked, right? It worked. Like we're sitting here going like, damn, you know, he went through this and this is sad. So it's like, it's weird because we have to separate, you know, what the character and the real life situation here. So the real life situation is just heartbreaking. And it was sad when I was seeing the pictures. It was just too sad. So uh, that's where we're at with what's going on with Von Wagner. So I don't know what else to say, man. Uh, someone says, uh, Tony says, like, that one's just too real. Yeah, it really is, guys. Like, I don't even want to think about that. I don't even want to, like, ever, when it comes to children, when it comes to this type of stuff, like, oh, God, I can't even see that stuff. It's just, it's too sad. I, I hate to know that we live in a world where uh, kids have to go through stuff like this. Like, I hate, I hate it. I hate seeing it but it's a reality and it's very unfortunate. And I'm so sorry to any parent that has ever had to go through anything remotely like this. So um, yeah, this was a deep one, guys. This was a deep one. So I'm gonna do a really shitty job of switching gears now into this match between Dana Brooke and Cora Jade. So let's talk about what's going on with Dana Brooke and Cora Jade. Now, there was part of this that I liked and part of this that I did not like. So. Throughout this entire match, we basically get Cora Jade going after the knee of Dana Brooke. And at one point, that knee gives out, like completely gives out for Dana Brooke. And so they do this spot where she's the, the, the doctors come in and they're trying to check her out. And, and instead, we go to commercial break. We come back from commercial break. They were trying to stretch her out, but she's fighting through. She wants to continue into the actual matchup. And so then she continues on with the match and finally we end up seeing Cora Jade lock Dana Brooke into a single leg crap crap <laughs> crab excuse me single leg crab <laughs> and <laughs> sorry guys I'm laughing because I hated this finish so I think that's why my brain was like Denise it was crap Okay, so personally, I wasn't a fan of this ending because I felt that I personally felt that it took way too long to have I think Dana Brooke should have tapped out. I think Dana should have tapped. I didn't think it was believable that she didn't tap. The referee ended up doing a referee stoppage for this. And I hated it because I feel like when you do a situation like this where it's a referee stoppage, it better be freaking believable. And I'm sorry, but I just couldn't buy this as believable. And for me, I feel like endings like this should be really real. They should be saved, right? They should be, they should not, they should only happen in very, very, very rare feuds, not in Cora Jade and Dana Brooke feud. I, I just couldn't buy it here. So for me, this one didn't necessarily, uh, the, the ending of this match didn't necessarily click for me because I personally could not buy it as a viewer. Uh, I did like, though, that they played up the injury angle throughout the match, but I think it would have been a much more effective finish had 
once she had her, she should have just tapped. And I think that would have gone a lot further than them trying to do the referee stoppage situation here, because I feel like, again, I just couldn't actually buy it. So I would have preferred for her just to tap and be like, you know what? I tried. I tried to make it through this match and I couldn't. Damn it. I have to freaking tap and go from there. So that's where I'm at with all of this. <laughs> Zeno Hour says Denise's finisher, the leg crap. <laughs> oh my God. I'm dying. All right. So let's see what, what else we got here. Uh, oh man, I can't anymore. Uh, Tim Weiner just says that it should be the new name of the move, the single leg crap. The single leg crap, guys. Oh God. Humiliated. Where do we go from here? I'm reading your guys' comments. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And uh, let's see this one from Christopher Smith. It says Cora Jade mocking Dana's leg, then attacking it with a submission. And the crowd was behind Cora. I really liked that for Cora. There you go. There's another example. Like read the crowd there, right? Like the crowd wasn't even buying it. If they were, they wouldn't have been like, I don't know, whatever. I don't even know why I'm upset. I'm not even upset, but it's just funny. Justin Martin says, Dana Brooke just isn't believable, sympathetic figure. People don't buy her. She's had a mediocre career because, well, here, so here's the thing, Justin. I just, like, I, I feel bad. I don't, I don't want to say that. I don't think that because here's the thing. And this is why I thought that it would have just been more, I thought that it would have been more effective and done because there are going to be people that are like, okay, you know, she's had a mediocre career or whatever you want to call it, right? And I think they need to start small with Dana, right? And work their way into making it so that it is believable so that you can buy that Dana would essentially be in the situation and survive. But because we haven't seen her in anything like this before, it was hard to buy. It wasn't believable. And so I feel like they had to kind of do baby steps with that. And so that's why I felt that if they would have just done the, uh, they would have just done the finish with her tapping out that would have been perfectly fine. But I just think they kind of, they went a little too far with this one. Like, you know, so just a little too, just a tad bit too far. Just a little tad bit. Uh, let's see. This is from Patrick Scrogan, who says, uh, YouTube member Patrick, who says, Dana's always been underrated. I just feel that she was called up way too soon and she couldn't really recover. Not her fault, to be honest, says Patrick. And here you go. Like, this is what I mean. Now, this is an opportunity for her to, uh, you know, really do something and have, and have, have a shift in her career. Again, I go back to Mandy Rose, even Apollo Crews. I think Apollo Crews should have remained on NXT, truthfully. I think that uh, him going to the main roster, we haven't even seen anything from Apollo Crews. I don't even know what Brandy's on. Hold the phone. <gasps> think about that. We, we went from like talking about like Apollo. He was doing pretty good on NXT and at least having some like more opportunities there to showcase himself and have good matches and all of this. I can't even remember what Brandy's on because I don't even remember anything we've seen from Apollo Crews now since he's been drafted to wherever. See, I got people saying he's on Raw. He's on SmackDown. Someone said, isn't he on Raw? All right, <laughs> I'm just going to go with the comments here. We got mostly raw, so let's just go with mostly raw here. But that's the point, though. We shouldn't be sitting here going, well, I shouldn't be sitting here going, what brand is he on? It's not a good sign. So technically, you should have probably stayed on NXT to continue being able to show more because he was doing good on NXT. For 
Um, Mike Perkerson's in a super chat saying Corey Jade is the future of the women's division. She's the whole package and it wouldn't take much to make her a badass baby face. The audience is already behind her. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, badass baby face is exactly what you need to be doing with Cora Jade. And she's so good at being a mean girl too. She's so good. And she has the look, she has a whole vibe that is so, she's so Avril Lavigne. And who doesn't want to root for Avril Lavigne? Cora Jade to me is if Avril Lavigne was a wrestler. And my friends, I want to root for Avril Lavigne, the wrestler. <laughs> That's the best way I can put it. Mike Parker, thank you so much for that super chat. I appreciate it a whole lot. Uh, Heidi Ho sends in a super chat saying, I had high hopes for Dana when she was Charlotte's protege. Yeah, there was something there for, for a hot second. I almost completely forgot that that even happened. Uh, Heidi Ho, thank you so much for sending this on a reminder. And Zeno says Apollo lost to Dominic. Don't even remember that. Mike says he's been on main event. Don't watch main event. Bo says he's been on level up. Never seen level up. Jared hated Avril Lavigne. Jared, what? No. No, I will not tolerate any Avril Lavigne hate on this show. If you have not listened to her new album, Love Sucks, please do yourselves a favor and listen to Avril Lavigne's new album. But it's not that new. I think it came out like last year or two years ago. Whatever. It's her newest one. Please listen to it. It is so, so good. Uh, all right. So now let's go ahead and press on from here. Let's move on from the Avril Lavigne portion of the show. And this is something that I'm really happy happened. So we got a triple threat tag team match to decide the new number one contenders for the NXT tag team titles to face Gallus at next week's Gold Rush Week too. We had Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen versus Malik Blade and Idris Anofi versus Hank and Tank. And uh, this was a banger, guys. I really enjoyed this match. This was all the guys just going in there and all of them getting some of their just getting their shit in. Right. This is what we I loved this. Love seeing each and every team here shine. This was good. And they all brought something different. One of my favorite parts in this was when Hank and Tank did this, like, literally launched themselves off of the apron. And I'm sorry, off of, yeah, off of the apron and literally just belly first landed on. I forgot who the hell they landed on, but just like belly first flopped right on them. That was so good. And I thought the action was just really great. But even with all that being said, I did not expect to see Malik and Idris get this win here. I did not see it coming, and I'm so happy they got the win here because just last week we were sitting here talking about, oh, they're underrated, and they're so good. And yes, I've said this for like a million times. They are really good. Now, I think now they just need more of like character polishing, but like in-ring-wise, they have been pretty damn good. And so the fact that they got this win, I was so happy for them because they're always, like they've always been good, but they've always sort of been like, in the exact same spot on the NXT roster. Like they really haven't had a major storyline. They really haven't had like a major feud or anything. They've just been good, but that's it. And so now I, I'm happy that they got this win and they're going to get this match against Gallus. This is great. But it makes me wonder though, I, I just, I don't, but now it does make me wonder and maybe they'll surprise me here. But now I'm thinking that we're not going to get a title change. I don't know if they're going to give the titles to Malik and, and Idris. If they did, I would be very excited to see that because they are really good. But I don't know. Now it makes me wonder if if Dallas is going to retain. No idea. 
no idea. But we got a lot of people putting over this match forever. Uh, Fernando Zaya says that was an excellent tag team match. I agree. Uh, Jared says, don't sleep on NXT level up. Jared, don't sleep on Avril Lavigne. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Good stuff, guys. Good stuff. Excellent tag match. All right, uh, let's move on from here because we got other things to talk about. And we got two big things to talk about. And one of them is that Damon Kemp tells Eddie Thorpe that he is going to be bringing Raw Underground to NXT. That is right. Raw Underground is coming to NXT in two weeks now. Raw Underground, I thought it had some potential when it was going down on Raw. And then it quickly kind of went away. And I don't think I personally did not miss it when they stopped doing Raw Underground. And I just thought like there was some cool opportunities to make it work, but I just wasn't a fan. It just didn't necessarily land for me, at least. I don't know how you guys felt, but it didn't really land for me. Given given the fact that they've been really creative on NXT, I have a good feeling about, about it. I have a good feeling of them doing Raw Underground with the NXT talent. I think they have a good idea here that can be something special for NXT. So I'm good with the idea for NXT. Hopefully it doesn't suck the way that it did on Raw. So we'll see. The other thing, though, is that Gable Steve Sid appeared on NXT here today. Uh, Eddie Thorpe was in the locker room and then Gable Steveson approached him and offered to help train Eddie Thorpe for the, uh, for we're not calling it Raw Underground anymore, so I guess we should call it NXT Underground. And he says, <laughs> if anyone knows Damon Kemp, it's definitely him. And you guys know that they are legitimate brothers. And so Gable Steveson's there. Now, Gable Steveson on the last draft, was drafted to Raw, and we never, ever saw him. And just recently, I think it was last week or maybe two weeks ago, he did an interview, and he was talking about how he's going to be in WWE real soon. And part of me, like, didn't even buy it for a second because I'm like, it's been so long. And we've seen sporadic appearances with Gable Steveson, but nothing really to, to talk about. And the last thing that I read in that last interview that he did was he was talking about his body and just how he's getting into really good shape. And that was something. And apparently he uh, has, and this is straight, let me pull this up really quickly so I don't mess this up. But uh, apparently he did express interest in returning to the University of Minnesota for next year and possibly competing in the 2024. 2024 Olympics. So I don't necessarily know how, if if he's going to be doing all of that, if we're legitimately going to be seeing a whole lot of him on NXT, is this a one-time thing? Is this, uh, I don't think they would just bring him in just to do this one thing. So I do think we might get to see a little bit more of Gable Steveson on NXT, but I'm curious though, if he's going to be doing all these other stuff, like how much and for how long are we actually going to see Gable Steveson? And so, yeah, that's where we're at with Gable Steveson and Cool. Now let's just see. I'm a big fan of Damon Kemp, and and you guys have heard me say this before, but I really do think that they need to they need to do more with Damon Kemp because I'm a fan. I'm a fan, so I'm having I have good hopes for Gable Steveson. If I'm a fan of Damon Kemp, I have hopes for Gable Steveson here as well in the WWE side of things, of course, because uh, clearly he's an F. Clearly, I mean the man's going man has all these accolades, is going to the Olympics. Clearly, he's freaking 
athletic and all of these things. But, uh, you know, I'm curious to see how it, it'll translate to uh, WWE. So we'll see. And uh, let's see what we got here. Christopher Smith says the Creed brothers versus Damon Kemp and Gable Steveson. Yeah, that would be really cool to see. We'll see what happens. Um, all right. So let's see what else we have here. And uh, <laughs> this one's funny <laughs> where I just read a funny comment from Tiger Claw Gaming, who is a YouTube member, says raw underground. You're just giving Sean all the relics. <laughs> All right, uh, let's press on from here. We also got NXT Anonymous. We had a backstage interaction with JC Jane and Lyra Valkyra. Uh, nothing much else to say except that happened. Also, we might, something might be going down with the schism because Joe Gacy was going off about his misfortunes and how they're affecting everybody. And he's kind of has a little bit of a Jagger agrees with him. Jagger's kind of like, yeah, you know what? Your misfortune is affecting this team. And so they kind of start going at it. And Ava Rain, she gets involved and she's like, nope, stop. She reminds them we're a four roots, one tree. And so she kind of brings the peace between members of the schism. However, at the end of it, she gives this look to Joe Gacy where I'm wondering, she gave him the, I'm kind of tired of you and your and your shit right now, but I had your back. I I I really read in a whole lot into the way that Ava Rain looked at Joe Gacy. And then afterwards, right afterwards, we had Ivy Nile, who was apparently watching this on her iPad. And then the first thing that she mentioned was, what is up with that look that Ava Rain gave to Joe Gacy? So I'm thinking, hmm, they didn't mention that just to mention it. There's going to be something more going on here. Are we going to see the breakup of the schism? Then there was another thing that leads me to believe that we're going to be seeing the breakup of the schism. And that is that the Creed brothers, they call they call the schism a cancer to wrestling and NXT and whatever. And then they said, if they don't want to be here, we will send them packing. This was interesting because we know, based on reports, that the diet does not want to be there anymore. They asked for their releases, and clearly it hasn't happened yet, and they are still there. And even Shawn Michaels was asked about this on a media call, and he basically said that you know he thought the diet was a great talent, and he was going to utilize them as much as possible, as much as he possibly could. So I'm thinking here, like, okay, I thought it was interesting that the Creed brothers actually mentioned on the programming that they do not want to be there. And so I'm wondering, are we closer to seeing the diet? Maybe not in NXT. I don't know. I don't know. Sheldon Jackson says, also love Charmel just watching Booker doing commentary tonight. Every time they went to the desk, I just see her watching him closely. Popped me. I didn't notice that. What? I didn't notice that at all. Oh, damn. Sheldon, thank you so much for the super chat. I'm so sorry that I didn't even like catch that. All right. So um, let's see what else we got here. <laughs> let's get into Thea Hale. So we had a pretty fun segment. As we all know, Thea Hale next week is going to uh, face Tiffany Stratton for the NXT Women's Championship. Now, there were some things to take away from this. It was basically a pep rally to celebrate Thea Hale even getting this opportunity. And Andre Chase is kind of the one hosting this. And he, he gets, she's, she takes the microphone and she starts talking about how 
all of these other people here on NXT have had all of these tremendous accomplishments and how for her, her only accomplishment was graduating high school. And then I'm like, wait, what? How the old is Thea Hale? So really quickly, I do this Google search and they're in Google's like, she's 19. And I'm like, why did I not realize that Thea Hale is 19 years old? And then later on, Andre Chase mentions it in the actual segment that she's 19 years old. And I'm sitting there thinking, holy cow, she's 19 years old. And already, because pretty much what we've seen of her has mostly been on a character side of things. And her character has been very good. She goes out there and she knows what she's supposed to be. She's not shy about it. There's, she doesn't hold back. She does not hold back from being this super loud, energetic person. And she just goes in there like full gas pedal and she freaking goes for it. So I'm, I said that she, I said this on Twitter, but she has this character down to a T. And so it kind of just made me really like Thea Hale a lot more that she's 19 and she already can do this type of character so well. And man, I'm thinking about this. And I'm for those of you who are no longer 19 years old, like you think about like, damn, what were we doing at 19? Like at 19, I was in my first year of college trying to find myself. <laughs> what? And Thea Hale's out here on TV freaking killing it. So uh, anyways, this kind of made me a bigger fan of Thea Hale. Now, I'm not expecting her to defeat Tiffany Stratton next week. We did get Tiffany coming out there and saying that it would be cringe if Thea Hale defeated her for the title. And afterwards, Thea ends up getting her with a Kimura. And so everybody's like, oh, my God, Andre Chase, and Andre, it's not, not Andre. Um, oh, my gosh. Duke Hudson, excuse me, I don't know why I kept saying Andre Chase, Duke Hudson, Duke Hudson was the one that was leading all of this. And Duke Hudson starts the whole chant of, we believe in Thea Hale. And so that was really cool to see. She does, though, shout out Andre Chase during her actual promo. And she she shouts out Charlie Dempsey and Drew Gulak and all of that. So um, I don't think she's going to win. But like we always say, there is money in the chase. And whenever they're ready to have Thea Hale, win the NXT Women's Championship. I think it's going to be a, a real good time. But right now, I think we still want to see uh, Tiffany Stratton do her thing because there's a lot there still. Chris Ledexon's in a super chat saying, hey, Denise, hope you're doing good. Chris, nice to see you again. Thank you so much for hopping on to the show and for also sending in the super chats. Much appreciated. All righty. And uh, let's see what else we got here. Let's get into... So we're going to be getting a match between Gigi Dolan and Kiana James next week. And we got this quick promo from Gigi. We got a quick promo from Kiana James backstage. I almost didn't recognize her, though, for like a second. Uh, I was like, I didn't recognize Kiana James this week. Uh, I think she just got like a really, really good tan. But I did not recognize her. I was looking at her and I was like, who is that? what i'm like i watch nxt every week so yeah so uh, and right away i went on twitter and i'm like did anybody else not recognize kiana james for a second like i didn't ask the question but like i searched on twitter and yeah there was a couple people like damn didn't even recognize kiana james there for a second because yeah she just she got a tan but um Gigi dolan 
is doing this whole, you know, walkthrough video and she's talking about how she loves art and her art is reflected in her gear. And she starts talking about how she's been rejected in her life by her friends and her family. But that's also what makes her unique. And wherever she walks, she has the freedom to create what she wants. So really good stuff there with Gigi. And so like that they're making this match with Gigi Dolan and Kiana James. Alrighty. And Last but not least, the other thing that we need to talk about was a pretty entertaining match between Wesley and Tyler Bate for the NXT North American Championship with Mustafa Ali as the special guest referee. And as I predicted a couple weeks ago, do not trust Mustafa Ali. Uh, he was a little bit too happy, too acting too positive Ali to even trust. And we were right He's kind of screwing both of these guys who he's supposedly or supposed to be his friends, kind of. And he's out there doing fast counts. He's out there kind of just, you know, ruining a little bit of the match, not being a very good referee. So you could not trust Ali uh, for one bit. Wesley gets the win, but this was a fun matchup. So now you can tell that Wesley and Tyler Bate are officially on to Mustafa Ali and his whatever his secret agenda is. So uh, clearly he's not to be trusted. And I said this last week, he was not to be trusted. So I'm happy that that proved me right there for a second. Alrighty, and uh, let's go ahead and I did promise, by the way, that if you were a, a YouTube member, you do have the opportunity to hop on to today's show. And I should have posted this link a lot earlier, but I'm posting it now. So if there is any of the YouTube members that want to come on and give their thoughts about NXT, the link is now up in the YouTube members tab. And uh, you guys know where to find it, the YouTube members tab. Click on that link, put in your name, hop on into the stream and uh, any thoughts on NXT today, I uh, would love to hear what you guys have to think. And this is a bonus perk if you are a YouTube member. Uh, every so often on shows, I do bring you guys on to talk about what went down on the show. Last week, we had a couple of you guys come on for SmackDown and that was a whole lot of fun. So let's see if we've got anybody who's not shy and wants to come on for NXT today. And so we got a super chat here from Tim Weiniger who says, what did you think of Stax grabbing Mark Gallus? Bro, I missed this. What? Hold on, when did this happen? All right, someone tell me, because I missed this. I did not see this. When did this happen, Tim? God damn, I hate when that happens. Like watching the show, I leave or do something, come back in the commercials and something happened and maybe I didn't get there sooner. Okay, Tim, please tell me what the hell happened here because I missed that segment. Jared sends in a super chat saying, of course, WWE would unify NXT women's tag titles when we finally have some women's teams and NXT. We still don't have enough, though. Uh, that's the thing, though. We still do not have enough of the women's teams to really fully have this full-fledged uh, roster. So, yeah, I do definitely think that there could have been. I think them unifying the titles is, is the right way to go. It's just that I know a lot of people did not necessarily want to see Shayna and Ronda Rousey as champions. So that's where we're at with that. So uh, Jared, thank you so much for the super chat. Um, alrighty, and let's see what else we got here. 
And uh, Chris says, Denise, did you remember my super chat from last week? Chris, did you want me to pull it up on uh, Wednesday's tomorrow's show since I thought it would make a little bit more sense to pull it up on Wednesday? If that's cool with you, we can still do that on Wednesday because it just makes a little bit more sense. And plus, I would want uh, Reg to also react to it since it had to do with him as well. So uh, I was definitely going to read it on your on the Wednesday show just because it makes a little bit more sense. But we got a couple of YouTube members in here. Once again, guys, if you are a YouTube member and want to share your thoughts on NXT, you're more than welcome to hop in here onto the show and we got steven on uh, the stream uh steven hey there dude nice to see you how's it uh, going back to back man what's up how are you i'm doing good i'm doing good recovering after the uh, very eventful friday night smackdown the last time we saw you on yeah. here uh so switching gears totally different show different brand nxt mm -hmm. uh what were your major takeaways or opinions from today's show well, other than the uh, the leg crap, um, <laughs> sorry, I had to. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. The I leg crap. To. Hashtag leg crap. <laughs> hashtag, hashtag Denise leg crap Salcedo. Here we go. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So okay. thoughts on NXT. <laughs> other than that, um, I have a feeling someone is going to cost Thea Hell the match next week. Who? Possibly Duke Hudson. You know what? I was sensing that he was not someone to trust for like the longest time. He seemed a little too excited tonight. Okay. He seemed also, a little this would make sense too, because remember when she was kidnapped, when Thea Hale was kidnapped? Yes. And Andre Chase was going like being very gentle and sensitive with her. And Duke Hudson was kind of irritated by her. He was not really all that into Thea Hale there for a second. Mm -hmm. And so I think that Drew Gulak, see, that would be great. So if Duke Hudson does end up costing Thea Hale the match, I think you could then go into where all of a sudden her new buddies, Charlie and Drew Gulak, yes. get involved and end up being her. She ends up leaving Chase U and ends up going with them or something along right. those lines. And I think it's going to be like a quote-unquote accidental interference to kind of build that story of Duke Hudson officially turning on chase you and that whole thing exploding so i hope they don't do it in an accidental way i want them to do it because thea hale is a very lovable character so i feel that if they do it in a way where duke hudson kind of had this plan all along and they make it very clear uh i think it would generate a lot of heat towards him because right people would be pissed that he did this to Thea Hale and that she trusted him and that he took advantage of somebody like Thea Hale. So I almost hope they don't do it in an accidental way. Like I want to see malicious intent there right. from Duke Hudson. Right. I'm, that's, I should have clarified. That's kind of what I meant by an accidental. Yes. I mean accidental, but then it turns out to be a, a long extravagant plan. Yes, I like that, Steven. Thank you so much for pitching that. Uh, was there anything else that you wanted to mention about NXT today, or was that it? Uh, it was great to see Seth, Seth Rollins on the show. I think it's going to give a great bump to NXT, and which it kind of seems like WWE is kind of really trying to build NXT as the third brand again, which is great. I think so, too. I think so, too. Steven, thank you so much for coming on here and for getting that point, because that was also something I wanted to talk about today, and I just forgot. So thank you so much, sure. and I'll see you. No problem. Have a good night. Thank you.
Alrighty, guys. And I love it. I feel like a lot of people are sensing this. Pal Driver Finisher says he's been very suspicious from the beginning. He has, right? Like, I remember talking about this. I remember going like, oh, no, I don't really. Oh, now I'm remembering all of these, uh, you know, backstage segments that they did when with Chase U. And remember when it was Andre Chase's birthday and everybody was getting in line to give him a gift. And the only person that the only person that didn't give him give him a gift was Duke Hudson, and then he ended up basically like screwing another guy and taking his gift and using him to and using that gift and whatever. There's been like all these little moments from like the very beginning that have made me feel that we should not trust Duke Hudson. And then they let a lot of time go by, maybe trying to get people to forget that that stuff even happened. So yes, I want to see this. Uh, Bogs Biega says the Chase U stick has been over with for a good while. Uh, yeah, and I do like the dynamic of Thea Hale, this very happy, joyful girl with Charlie and Drew, who are a lot more on the serious side. So I feel like I'd much rather see Thea Hale with them than continuing the stuff that she's doing right now with Chase U. Like, switch it up, right? Like, she's still going to be Thea, but just with a diff different types of personality. So, ah, I'm digging this. Oh man, uh, Patrick Skogan says, Chase you is goaded, no changing my mind. Uh, Daniel uh, Mullinot says, the only way I see Chase U breaking up is that Thea Hale turns on Chase U and joins with a heel Duke Hudson. No, no, I think we need to keep we need to keep Thea Hale babyface. I just think that she's too good of a babyface to turn her heel. Not right now. There's still so much that we can get in. I want to see I want to see a babyface Thea Hale uh, get toughened up by Charlie Dempsey and Drew Gulak and have her chase the belt after like going after Tiffany Stratton, something like that. That's what I want to see. I don't want to see heel Thea, heel Thea Hale. <laughs> I want to keep it at her being a baby face. For, and plus, we got a lot of heels already for the girls. We got so many. We got JC Jane. We got Kiana James. We got uh, Blair Davenport. We got Tiffany Stratton, who's a heel. We got so many. Our baby face girls, we got Gigi Dolan, Roxanne Perez, Thea Hale. Those are the main ones, right? So yeah, no, I think that's where I'm at with all of this. And uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, yeah, Pile Driver's finisher against once he says that throughout every scene, he's always been a little bit suspicious. I agree. All righty, everyone. So there you go. That was NXT here tonight. NXT Gold Rush week one. Now, really quickly, um, before I press on, just a quick reminder, tomorrow I will be live with Reg here to talk about AEW Dynamite. It's going to be the final Dynamite heading into uh, Forbidden Door. So I'm expecting there to be a lot of match announcements made. I'm expecting a whole lot from this show in terms of just, you know, heading into Forbidden Door. I will be in Toronto for Forbidden Door. I'm really excited. Uh, I will be there, you know, getting as much footage as I possibly can. And all of that will be posted here on the channel. You guys already know the drill when it comes to that. And it's gonna be my first time in Toronto. I'm really, really excited. I'm hoping to be here on Friday because I wanna definitely do my show here on Friday. I literally bought this hotspot 
because last time that I was in Las Vegas, I had really shitty Wi-Fi and I don't want to go through that again. So I invested in a hotspot and that thing better freaking work because I invested in that thing. So it better work on Friday because that's going to be the day that I test it uh, in Toronto. So hopefully it works. So I should be here Friday. And then Saturday, of course, I will be on Busted Open. And then also Saturday, I will be at Collision. So there will not be a Collision show this Saturday because I will be in Toronto at the actual show. And then one more thing in regards to the NXT post show next week. Next week, I am supposed to have minor dental surgery. Yes, on a Tuesday. I'm so excited. Can't wait. Uh, and so I do not know if uh, if I'm going to be in pain afterwards or I don't know how long it's going to take. I don't even know the details. I'm just showing up. Uh, so if by any chance, if you don't hear see me here on Tuesday, I will let you guys know via Twitter, uh, because I do not know how serious or not serious the surgery actually is. It's very, very minor, but I don't know how I'm going to feel afterwards. And I want to come out here with a swollen face looking all drugged up and stuff. So uh, we'll see. Hopefully it's not that big of a deal. And I can hop on and do my show like normally, but uh, just a heads up on that. Alrighty, everybody. That is it for today. Thank you guys so much for watching and I will see you back here tomorrow. Bye everyone.